Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. We took our kids last year over spring break to our location in Joshua Tree and did the park. But seeing it through my kids' eyes who think it's just the coolest thing. Staying in an Airstream that's parked, it's such a novel concept for them because they're used to seeing an Airstream on a highway. So how do you really convey auto camp in one sentence? So Boutique Hotel Meets Nature Retreat, their tagline right now. Hi, I'm Jim Stengel, and I help major brands find their purpose and activate it, and the profits follow. For seven years, I was the global marketing officer for Procter & Gamble, where I oversaw the marketing of hundreds of brands. You may not know it, but the CMOs, the chief marketing officers of all of your favorite brands, are trying to connect you with your favorite products and services through purpose. And on this show, I delve into how they do it. My guest today in the CMO podcast is Julie Saunders, the chief marketing officer at AutoCamp, the 10-year-old red-hot hospitality company. AutoCamp is sometimes called the Airstream Hotel. It offers overnight lodging and accommodations in modern Airstream suites and luxurious tents at locations such as Cape Cod, Yosemite National Park, the Russian River Valley, and Joshua Tree National Park. I have not yet had an auto camp holiday, but after this episode, I am booking one, and I suspect you will too. My guest, Julie, has been CMO at AutoCamp for about 18 months. This is Julie's third CMO role with stints at Graduate Hotels and the Ace Hotel Group. Julie, like me, is a Penn Stater. She studied French language and literature at Penn State before earning a master's in art history at Christie's. This is my interview with the CMO who loves to run and, of course, to glamp at just about any auto camp. Here's Julie. Julie, welcome to the CMO Podcast. You have one of the coolest jobs in the world. I'm just wondering, could we do like a job exchange for maybe, say, two years? What do you think? I think that sounds fabulous. Uh, Thank you. Thanks for having me, Jim. Sure. What would you like about my job, do you think? Hmm. Talking to so many different types of people and probably learning so much. I can only imagine what you're able to glean from all the amazing conversations you have. It's all true. And what do you think I love most about your job? Hmm, probably getting outside. Yeah, that's for sure. Which is one of my favorite things about auto camp. Probably visiting some amazing national parks. Yeah, you're checking all the boxes. Boutique design and sort of a outdoor environment. Do you like to travel? I do love to travel. I love to okay. love to be in nature too. So, so we're going to talk more about that. But I, I had another idea. I just wonder if I could host a series of CMO podcast episodes at all your sites. Oh, we'd love that. I'm semi-serious here. So where should we start? What, what site would be coolest to start with? Well, we just opened in Zion, Ooh, Utah, yeah. and Zion's pretty incredible. And I would say that property is definitely the top of my list right now. Um, and unfortunately, every time I'm there, I never get time to go into the park. So that would be a great one. Probably next on the list, I'd say we go out to the East Coast and maybe go to Cape Cod. It's a perfect time to be in the oh, Cape. Yeah. Yeah. Get some good bike riding along the ocean and Cape would be nice. And yeah, we could take you to all of them. We've got six open locations <laughs> now and Super. Um, all awesome spots to visit. It'd be a little hot in the desert right now in Joshua Tree, but I, I think you could survive. Well, that that was the easy question. The harder one is what guests should we start with? Who should we have on? 
Hmm. Well, I'm a fan of a lot of outdoor brands and sports brands. I loved your episode with Maria Sharapova. So I'd probably yeah. start and I, I think you've got a love for tennis as I do. Actually, you know, it'd be a really fun podcast. I don't know if you um, look at the magazine Racket Mag. I do. But they've got a podcast. Yeah. And so Caitlin is hilarious. And they do a great job at going to all the open. So that would be a fun one. It'd be great to have some outdoor brand presence. So potentially Patagonia, REI, it'd be yep. super fun to get the retail component. And actually, it would be fun to do that at Moab, which is actually our newest location for our new brand field station, which has a pretty big retail component. So that'd be a fun one there. I, of course, always love to have creative. So potentially somebody from a, a great agency like Wyden and Kennedy would be a mm-hmm. fun one. Sure. Maybe somebody like from Nike. Outdoors. Yeah, they do. Um, maybe somebody from Nike. Super fun, too. Well, this is an idea. This is a miniseries. Yeah. <laughs> um, you heard it here series. first. <laughs> and what about Chip Conley? I know he's, he's either on your advisory great. board or whatever, but he would be super to talk to. He would be great. Nikki Leandakis would be great. She's on our advisory board, too. And she's Core Power Yoga, which is we love to do yoga yeah. at all of our locations. She'd be an awesome one and a, a veteran in the hospitality space. This is a good start. That's a really good start. I'd listen to all of them. I'm I'm happy to host with you. Hey, it's becoming a better and better <laughs> idea. I'm loving it. We're gonna we're gonna stay with this energy. Well, listen. I in the intro that we did at the start of the show, I explained a bit about who your company is and what your company does. But I'd like to continue with this kind of spontaneous energy and do a bit of a lightning round with you, so our listeners can better understand, you know, you and your company. And the first one is first question is how how do you explain your job? And your company to your grandparents. I know you're visiting family right now as we're as we're recording this in Chicago. So when you sit down with your grandparents, if you do that sort of thing and have a coffee or a glass of wine, how do you explain what you do and your company? Well, it's interesting actually. My dad's getting ready to plan a road trip out west and wants to stay at all of our locations. He's planning it with his brothers next fall, and he's the ultimate planner. So he doesn't understand that we open our booking window 12 months in advance. So he can't book just yet. So there's been an education <laughs> there. Yeah, poor guy. But you know, it's interesting because I think we get, especially in media, we get titled as this glamping brand, which is the easiest yeah. thing to say about AutoCamp. Yep. You know, if you don't know what it is, the easy sort of elevator pitch is like, we're a glamping brand, really catered to getting people outside. But I think, you know, in this, these last 10 years, um, you know, we, I would say we were definitely one of the first to really have this idea of how do you take a hotel environment and bring it into nature. So I always like to kind of position our brand as boutique hotel meets nature retreat. Mm, I love that. Prior to auto camp, I was privileged to work for a lot of boutique hotels or a few boutique hotels. And so, you know, taking that traditional service model these sort of touches that you expect in traditional hospitality, but how do you bring that into nature? And when we launched the brand 10 years ago, you know, we really were kind of positioned as a, a camping brand. You know, how do you take the the ease of camping, but you know, make it make it simple for the customer? So how do they come? They don't have to bring all their gear, they don't have to pack their tents and their coolers, but they can go have this great experience. And that really resonated. But as we've grown and we've gone to other locations, it's it, it's much more than just the camping experience. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny. I actually, when you talk about how do you sit down and talk about it with your family, I've talked quite a bit about it with my dad. We 
took our kids last year over spring break to our location in Joshua Tree and did the park and just seeing that through their eyes, which, you know, families are a big customer segment for us. But seeing it through my kids' eyes who think it's just the coolest thing, staying in an Airstream that's parked, it's such a novel concept for them because they're used to seeing an Airstream on a highway. So there's all these sort of bells and whistles. And it's actually something that we, in some ways, is a challenge from a from a messaging standpoint is how do you really convey auto camp in one sentence? Yep. So as I said to you, you know, boutique hotel meets nature retreat is, is our, our tagline right now. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So how do you talk about your job with your family, what you do? Well, my, my, my mother never quite understood what I did at P&G. <laughs> and she, you know, I started as brand manager of Jeff Peanut Butter, and, and she thought I went door-to-door selling peanut butter. But right, I guess, in a way, that's sort of what I was doing, I guess. But, but how do you explain your job? Well, I think, you know, marketing can take on so many different responsibilities. And, you know, when I first started marketing and as it evolved, it was definitely more about programming and customer acquisition and how do you get people interested in the brand and how do you get them to experience the brand? And I think while that's certainly such a big part of hospitality and and now actually even just in these, I want to say post-COVID, I guess, world is how do you really get a customer to understand the brand from all the the different touch points. And we always, you know, when I was at Saks Fifth Avenue, we always were so focused on omni-channel and really how do you manifest mm-hmm. the brand from, you know, the first time you see it in an ad to what the experience is like when you're shopping. And I think, you know, I always try to say to my family, no day is the same. You know, some days we're really focused on what digital campaign that we're we're putting out into the world. The next day we're focused on some really amazing pop-up we have in Yosemite where we're working with a chef and cooking over the fire. It's really an interesting job. Um, I think marketers are really in a privileged place that, you know, like any job, I guess no day really is the same. But I think, Mm -hmm. you know, there's so many interesting things that go into from how we live and breathe the brand, you know, from a corporate standpoint to how the guests lives and breathes it. And then obviously, you know, how a customer sees it for the first time. How do you talk about your brand purpose? I mean, you said it's a difficult brand to put into a statement. You did a pretty good job, you know, that boutique hotel meets nature retreat. I love that. But is the concept of brand purpose something you talk about in the culture? And if you do, how do you talk about it? That's a great question. I think, you know, I always kind of find it an interesting one for a hospitality brand because for us, we always say our purpose is to get people outside, which is sort of the contradiction of getting people in a hotel. And if you've spent time mm-hmm. with any hotel executive, you know, they'll say their their purpose is heads and beds, heads and beds. You know, you're driving revenue to get people staying in your beds. And I think for us it's somewhat of the opposite. Um, you know, we really believe that our customers coming to us to get outside. And actually our second brand field station is our, mm-hmm. our tagline is stay out there. We actually really, um, you know, kind of talked about at length is, is that a, a funny tagline for a hotel brand? But I think, you know, the core mission and, and purpose for our brand is to get people connecting. And that's the common um, idea of AutoCamp, whether you're coming as a family, as a couple, as a single, you know, mm-hmm. and connecting around the campfire. Or as, you know, we see a lot of corporate retreats, you know, coming and connecting with colleagues outside of a traditional office environment but connecting and then getting outside. And I think, you know, really in the last, gosh, in the last three years with COVID, that example, you know, has been so prevalent for our day-to-day is how do we get more people outside? So whether that's through, you know, again, the 
initiatives we're doing as a corporate office is whether that's the programming we have on property, whether that's the messaging, we really want to give people the opportunity to get outside more. And with AutoCamp, we always say like outdoor curious, you know, people that maybe don't, you know, are not up for a massive hike. Maybe they're not serious mountain bikers, but they're wanting to get out of a major city or they're wanting to, you know, kind of change up what it looks like to travel and really spend time outdoors. We will talk about Field Station a bit later in the show. I think it's interesting that you started a second brand already, but we will we will talk about that later. Talk about what the consumer insight at AutoCamp is based on. Every great startup has some insight that kind of explodes. So tell us what that was and is for AutoCamp. So, you know, when we launched the brand, we were primarily in California. And as I said, you know, camping, glamping is... I think something that resonates very well with the California customer. And I think as we've, you know, evolved and really tried to better understand our customer, that idea of camping and the ease of camping, and we always said like adventure simplified in the beginning. It was like, get outside. It's we can make it super easy for you. As I said, you don't need to bring all the bells and whistles to have a great camping excursion. You know, our customer, especially as we expanded outside of California and moved, you know, now we've got two locations in the East Coast, the message and sort of the the customer, I don't want to say change, but evolved. It, it really evolved. It wasn't just about the camping experience. Again, it's it, I think what was central to that was was outdoors. So what we've done is we've tried to spend a lot of time understanding what the customer does want. Um, and again, I think, you know, for a customer that maybe is in New York City, they might not necessarily think about going to camp per se, but they want to get outside. And so they want that great experience outside of the city. They want the boutique amenities. They want great product in the shower. They actually want a shower, which is actually a funny thing. Um, we get a lot too. of questions. <laughs> exactly. And we get a ton of questions about our bathrooms and our Airstreams, because if you have ever traveled in a traditional Airstream, super small bathrooms, but I think we've spent a, a great amount of time through customer surveys, through NPS scores, through, you know, spending time on property. I always feel like, you know, the hardest thing about working in a corporate office is that you're not on the property. And so you don't get to see how the, the customer inter- interacts with the product. You don't get to talk to them. And as I said, you know, campfire experiences are actually the best way to hear what a guest is interested in and, you know, what they, what drove them to book auto camp. You know, obviously there are other products in our, our markets, um, but what made them book auto camp? So I would say the first thing again is, is just the evolution of, of understanding who our customer is. And as we've migrated across the US, what's going to resonate with the customer? I would say the second thing for us too is, you know, we're not, I, you know, when you think about, gleaning customer data from, you know, traditional hospitality brands, a lot of them, you know, you look at a Marriott, Starwood, etc, you know, they're all working in very large marketing vehicles that have loyalty programs and, you know, really have really interesting data on their customer. And I think for us, and for a lot of smaller boutique hotel brands, you don't necessarily have a loyalty program that you can hang your hat on to say like, Oh, I know this customer spends X amount, visits X amount, this is their customer, you know, profile. For us, we've got the the very, I would say, you know, great information in terms of number of stays where they're staying. But I think for us it becomes a little bit more psychographic. And I think within that, again, it's really trying to figure out what are the types of ways in which we would want to get that data. So again, you know, back to NPS scores, really understanding um, you know, on property what makes a customer tick. 
What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half? Story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. What's the most common consumer testimonial or comment you hear when you sit around the fire and talk to your clients, your customers? They cannot believe that this is camping, you know, in air quotes. They can't believe that this is, you know, so far, you know, I always look at Yosemite as a great example. A lot of people that are going to Yosemite, I would say probably 90% of our customer that's going to Yosemite is going into the park. And they may be going for every day of their stay. They might be just going for one day of their stay. And then they might be hanging out at the pool and having a relaxing time, getting a cocktail you know, doing s'mores over their campfire or within our common campfire. And I would say that, you know, everybody's just so impressed that, you know, you can have this amazing hotel experience, but be sitting outside and also in the most amazing places like Zion, you know, as I said, Mm -hmm. at the top of this podcast, yeah, you are in the most amazing places. Zion, it's just like you look around and you've got the mountains on one side, you've got the river, you've got what feels like a desert, but just and then I have to say the Airstream is always, to me, one of the most beautiful things to photograph because they just glisten and it really reflects the entire property around it. And I think what's unique to us at Auto Camp is we've got these mid-century modern clubhouses. So in all of our locations, we've worked with amazing architects and designers to create these common spaces that include retail, what we call the kitchen, which is our food and beverage outlets, where you can get you know, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, if you're not cooking over campfire, um, if you're not going, you know, adventuring into town and eating out. So again, you get those boutique sort of amenities that you're not going to get over campfire. I think one of the things that always has made auto camp so fun for me is that I can still have coffee in the clubhouse. Um, We've got like amazing grab and go items that our food and beverage team curates both at a national and local level. So I can get like a great McConnell's is an ice cream in Santa Barbara. And we took it to Joshua Tree. And so my kids always love that when we go to Joshua Tree, they can still get McConnell's ice cream out of the freezer. So I think all those things you you just don't get in a traditional camping setting. What's your favorite experience to date yourself at an auto camp? Is it the family trip you took? Yeah, for sure. You know, taking my kids again to a national park it was interesting to watch their varying levels um, of outdoor recreating because I, you know, some of them could boulder all day long. And my youngest was sort of tired after an hour of hiking. But then to be able to go back again and have the pool. I mean, what kid doesn't like roasting um, s'mores over a campfire? I mean, yeah. that's just such an iconic uh, tradition. And so, yeah, I would say definitely to date Joshua Tree, but I'm really excited to take my kids to Zion. How's this company different? most different from every company you've worked at? You know, I I reflect on this, I think, a lot with traditional hospitality. So I started my hospitality career at Graduate Hotels and mm-hmm. was the first, first brand marketer there. And we grew that brand. I was there for many years and really fast, you know, growth strategy there. And we were popping up all over college towns across the U.S. And from there, went to Ace Hotels, which was a brand that I admired so much as we were building Graduate. And then obviously now at AutoCamp, you know, you look back and those are traditional hotels and two really incredible brands with incredible 
incredibly loyal following too. Mm -hmm. So similar, I would say to AutoCamp is that, you know, they're going for the experience. The guest is really going because that experience resonates with them. AutoCamp different than I would say most, um, again, traditional hospitality brands is that you forget that it's an outdoor hospitality brand and the challenges are uniquely different. You know, we are marketing for the seasons. We are changing up Mm -hmm. our ad campaigns. The idea of evergreen campaigns is very different, I would say, than, you know, a traditional hotel product. You know, a guest experience is very different based on the weather. I've never looked at the weather more than I have. Natural disasters impact our guest experience and that you don't get of course, at a resort or, you know, somewhere where you're maybe going skiing or, you know, you're going just for a beach experience, it it certainly plays into it. But if you're going to a hotel that's centered in, you know, downtown urban market, seasonality isn't really necessarily something that's always contemplated in every part of the, you know, marketing strategy. Mm -hmm. Are you Airstream's biggest customer? We, I think we have surpassed that. Yes, Uh, we, we definitely, I think have surpassed that. And I think that's been, it's been such a unique feature to AutoCamp is our Airstreams are custom for AutoCamp. You can't go, you know, buy a AutoCamp Airstream on the street. Mm -hmm. And again, I think that's where we get so many people that love AutoCamp because it's been custom designed. It feels like a boutique hotel, you've got this amazing bathroom that you're not going to get in an Airstream that you just buy off the shelf. We have a long-term tension in my family. My wife wants an Airstream. She just wants one. And I'm like, you know, we're not going to use it that much. And there's one of our neighbors out here in California has one in her backyard, which she uses as a guest house, which is a cute idea. Mm -hmm. But I think you may have finally resolved our little tension. So we can now (laughs) enjoy Airstreams a couple times a year. And we don't have to buy one. Yeah, it's a great, I mean, it's so a great way to that. travel. Thank you to you and your You're welcome. Tell your wife, I'm sorry. It's a great way to travel, though. I mean, I do think, again, you know, you see so many people using Airstreams or Sprinters and traveling. I actually, yeah. Yeah. you know, the Sprinter way is a great way to, to visit our, our properties, too. You know, you might be traveling from, and especially right now, it's summer, you know, so many people again, go on this idea of like a road trip and they're road tripping between national parks. And so maybe it's not via an Airstream, but it's by a Sprinter. So maybe, maybe you've got some sort of large vehicle purchase in your future. Do Nittany Lions get discounts? Ah, yes. I love that you're a Nittany Lion. Yes. I actually had the privilege at Graduate Hotels opening a location. I know. I know. I know the location. Yeah. Very that, well. was a, that was a really fun one for me personally. Yeah. It's a great location. It is. And I have to confess, I haven't yet stayed in an auto camp, but I will. But my nephew, Bob Stangle, and his fiance, Jamie, have in the Catskills. And she's an influencer of type. She's a big food influencer. And they absolutely loved it. So I asked him for a question idea. And he came back and he said, it was full of families. It was packed, that you're in really high demand. So he wanted to know, how do you expand to capture this amazing demand you were seeing, but not lose what is so special about the company. So I think it's actually a very good question. Every startup deals with that. So how do you, how are you thinking about that? Because I am sure yeah. you have expansion plans and you already have a second brand, but how do you not lose the magic of the company as you scale? First and foremost, for us, the location is like such a special part of our brand. I mean, you're not going to just go pop up and you know, the middle of nowhere, it's got a, even Catskills, you know, there's such a amazing, there's just such amazing energy out there between arts and culture and the outdoor community. And I would say that that's, 
outside of just the outdoor component, you know, these towns that were close by, you know, again, whether or not they're located near a national park, they've got so many other ways to explore. And I think that's such an important part. Like Catskills, I love going and checking out all of the amazing restaurants in, you know, the Woodstock and Sagartes area. There's so many great mm-hmm. spots and all the little shops. And so I think first and foremost, it's finding locations that, you know, you know, we always say that our customer typically is coming half day drive from a major market. So, you know, the ease of getting somewhere, if you want to have a last minute trip, you know, we see that actually with our New York customers that in many cases, they're booking a reservation week of, you know, they, they look at the weather, you know, back to weather, they look at the weather, and they don't have plans, and they want to get out of the city. So that location, you know, is such a, a driving force. I think for us, you know, again, that really amazing community experience you're going to get in a clubhouse is so, so pivotal to our customer experience. And, you know, a lot of people, when they think about getting outside, they want to just be alone. You know, I, I will say like, I love waking up at one of our properties in Catskills. Actually, we've got a great loop around the property that you can just put on some headphones, listen to a podcast and just walk and, and be alone. But I love the idea of coming back at the end of the day and being able to connect with you know people in the clubhouse and hear about their adventures, get recommendations. So I think that special part that you know he that your your daughter in law and son mentioned is that it's super important to be able to feel like you're connecting with people and and learning you know a, about all the things that you can do in these locations. And I would say you know again when you think about you know creating similar experiences and replicating that what will always be core for us is that campfire experience. And so, you know, doesn't mean you have to cook around it. Doesn't mean you have to have a cup of coffee or drink a glass of wine around it. It's really a place in which people are there to connect. And so I think that that's something that will always continue to be such a a huge experience for, for our guests. And I think what's actually really fun. I was at Yosemite a couple of weeks ago and I was there for work. So unfortunately not with my family and it was full of families. I mean, we were at, I think, 95% occupancy. It was the middle of the week. It was buzzing. It was shortly after school had gotten out. And watching all of these families not only, you know, partake in the music that we had playing and kind of dance around the guitarists and the campfire, they were all going back to their airstreams or their cabins and doing the same exercise outside, outside of their cabin or airstream. And so they were lighting their campfire and playing games and this sort of like nostalgic Mm. um, idea, which reminds me, and I'm sure you probably resonates with you and most of our customers is that idea of really getting back to the simplicity of like sitting around as a family, putting your phones away, playing a game, laughing, just like sharing stories, which I think, you know, in the world today, it's so hard to, to find that time, especially when you've got electronics around you and moving a million miles a minute. It's just, it's so therapeutic. I want to take you back to when you decided to join this company about 18 months ago. And the company had your founder is still the CEO. It has an amazing origin story. So tell us what about this story, this culture, this team, this founder, this category resonated with you so much so that you were compelled to join the company. Good question. I made a major life change during COVID. And, you know, COVID happened. And I, um, like many people, and certainly many people in hospitality, we closed down so many, closed down all of our hotels. Um, I was at graduate hotels at the time. And it was, gosh, it was just, you know, it was such a, a rough time. And I was in Chicago, where it was 
freezing and just stuck inside my, you know, my kids were at home and we were all kind of confined to the indoors and it was, it was debilitating. It was, it was really tough. I had really young kids and, um, you know, in a city, you're in a smaller space. And, you know, the only thing we were able to do is go outside. So we'd bundle up and we'd go for a walk and we lived right by the nature museum. We would kind of walk around the pond and it was a great way to just like at least have a breath of fresh air for the day. And so I ended up joining ACE um, and we had an office in New York and LA and almost all of my team was based in LA. And, you know, the hours I was sort of working West Coast hours, but on Central Standard Time. And I'd spent all this time in Santa Barbara just vacationing over the years. And I sort of thought, you know what, my kids aren't going back to school in Chicago. I cannot be stuck for another winter indoors. I I will, you know, I think we'll all go crazy. So let's just temporarily move and move out to Santa Barbara. I can go into the office in LA if I need to when things open back up. I'm on the same time zone as my colleagues and school was actually hybrid at the time um, in Santa Barbara. So we made this leap and we never looked back. It was a big, big life move for us. And I would say the biggest thing is my kids, you know, they went to school pretty much outdoors. All of their classes were able to happen outside. We took up hiking, even though I, again, I've got a young one who at the time was, you know, sort of like carrying her up mountains, so many beach walks. And I think I realized just the importance that outdoors has on everybody's mental health, certainly mine and, and my children. And it became just something that really resonated with me. So I got a call from AutoCamp and I too love Neil DePaulo, um, our CEO's story and you know his commitment to the outdoors. And they happen to be based in Santa Barbara, which one does that happen to? And it's sort of like all the... Destined. Yeah, it was destined. And it's been... I would say, you know, for all the companies I've worked for, you know, you asked sort of at the beginning about, you know, our purpose, our company culture really is around getting outside. You know, a lot of the activities we do as a team are over hikes or beach cleanups, or when we all got together recently, we did some replanting in Elian's Park, which is a park in Santa Barbara. And I take my kids to, you know, activities that we have um, as a team where we're, you know, again, getting everybody outside. And I would say, you know, it's a, a culture that's really thrives on, you know, in this world where we do have a lot of people in Santa Barbara, but people all over the country. How do you have a productive meeting if you go take a walk? You know, how do you, if you're not looking at a spreadsheet and reporting on, you know, top line performance, how do you get outside and actually have a really meaningful conversation and what that does to your, you know, your mental health and what that does to your pr- productivity for the day has just been so important. What an amazing story. I mean, the self-awareness to make the move and to be in Santa Barbara, this company was founded and to find your way to it. And I mean, I don't know you terribly well. We're just got, getting to know each other here, but you seem very happy. And would would you say this is the best time in your career? It is. You know, I think finding balance has been, I think everybody struggles with finding balance. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when I was a graduate, we were opening at the height 10 hotels a year. And, you know, they were all in these amazing university towns across the country that were not easy to get to. Much like some of our auto camp locations, you can't just fly in, you know, you fly in and are often right. driving. And I was on the road a lot and I had, you know, really young children. And I think I was, you know, I was moving a million miles a minute. And I'm so grateful for, you know, the experience I had. And I think, you know, at this stage, I think COVID actually helped all of us, obviously. There were so many hard times that came out of COVID, but COVID really, I think in many ways helped a lot of us slow down a little bit. 
figure out the things that, you know, really are important in, in our day to day. And so I, I would say like, I really structure my days in ways that are meaningful to my team, meaningful to the company business, meaningful to my children and meaningful to myself. You know, I think I benefit, I'm one of those people that really does like to, I truly get outside. And so you you asked me, I think before we started, I love running on the lake path in Chicago. Fortunately, I'm not running right now. I just, I'm nursing a uh, hamstring injury, but I've been walking and I I think whether it's, you know, listening to a podcast or just totally zoning out um, and having the ability to think is so critical, especially in the world we're in today where you do spend so much time on a computer. Do you have any practices or rituals or, I don't know, reflect moments that, that, that help you keep this all in perspective? to keep the balance you're describing that you've improved upon versus your time at, at graduate hotels and ACE? Yeah. I mean, I think discovery is like, is such a thing that's been a, I would say a guiding principle for me. And, you know, we, it was one of our, I would say like values at graduate was this idea of discovery in, in your formative years of college, you're learning so much about yourself, you know, whether that's in a classroom, at a bar, whatever that looks like, you know, you were really learning so much. You were, you know, in most cases away from home for the first time. And so this idea to like always learn was very important. And then at ACE, ACE was really the first that kind of coined this idea of like being the living room of the community and sitting in the lobby. And you don't have to be a a guest at the hotel. You could just be on your computer hanging out. You might even just have one cup of coffee, but you know, you really were discovering kind of all those different you know, things that were happening, listening to those conversations. And I would say, you know, even today, I think discovery at AutoCamp is obviously being outside and how that connects to our product, but discovering things through the perspective of our customer who truly is coming as a way to detach and a way to reconnect. And so I I like try sometimes to remind myself that when I get into these spirals of like, we need to be doing this, we were late on this. Why do I need to be doing this? Is like thinking back to sort of the simplicity of discovery. And I, I hate to say it, but like the best way to do it is through the, through a child's eyes. And, you know, I think mm-hmm. sometimes I'll always like listen to my kids who, who actually like live and breathe auto camp. You know, my son's got auto camp stickers all over his notebooks and computers and, you know, under like listening to what they say about the experience and discovering things through, you know, a traveler's eyes, I think is so important. I think you get so caught up in like numbers and, you know, how are we hitting budget? And was this a a productive campaign? And, you know, why didn't I do it this way? And I think, again, sometimes just the simplicity of of discovery, both from yourself, but from from a, a guest or customer perspective is so important. What have you learned most about yourself as a leader in the last 18 months? Oh, man. Um, You know, I benefit from having half my team in Santa Barbara and half my team remote. I love spending time with them. I'm like a really, really incredible team that is so passionate. And I, I think actually that's always been such an amazing part of my journey everywhere I've been as I've been so fortunate to have an incredible team. And I, you know, cliche or not, like I really, you know, I'm better because of my team. They push me in ways that, Mm -hmm. you know, I I probably don't see sometimes. And so I think in the last 18 months, you know, really spending time understanding the product from them. I've got some team members that have been with the company, you know, for many years, as well as obviously our our co-founder, Neil, and really 
understanding it from their eyes. I think, you know, when you come in and you've got this rich experience in hospitality, you know, you tend to want to, you know, put your mark on it. And I think sometimes, you know, making sure that you understand that this is this company that's grown intentionally, that's, you know, been, you know, grown with care and intention and making sure that that's really important Mm -hmm. as you're continuing to scale. But I would say like, again, you know, the the most eye-opening thing for me really in the last 18 months is being okay with the evolution of the customer. And I think, you know, as we move out of California, I think it's, it's sometimes hard to, you know, you, as a a brand marketer, you're always like brand, brand, you know, I, I, we did it this way, you know, the brand is this. And I think you've got this concept, you know, preconceived notion that the brand should be this. And I think sometimes it takes an incredible amount of, I would say like, you know, I probably pulling your ego out actually a little bit and just saying, you know what, the customer actually is resonating with this. The customer actually wants something different than what I think the brand is and really having the ability to not only test those, but be comfortable with the failure of testing those. And I think, you know, we talk so much, especially with our digital team of like, how do you A-B test messaging to get a new customer in? You know, we're in a, we were so privileged during COVID that we didn't struggle like traditional hospitality brands did. You know, everybody wanted to get outside. So people couldn't take those big trips to, you know, abroad. And so we had, you know, COVID for us, you know, presented some really serious demand. And so in these post-COVID days, you know, how do you continue to nurture that customer that was loyal to us during COVID? But how do you acquire new customers? And it it, it might be messaging to a different type of customer and being okay with, you know, trying a, a different way to get a new customer in that door. I'd like you to talk about, we've already talked about your role, but I'd like you to get even a bit more specific. You've had similar type roles, CMO-like roles at ACE and at Graduate. How does your work different at here at AutoCamp versus those two? I mean, in terms of how you spend your time, where you focus, what the work of you as a CMO is, how is it most different at AutoCamp versus those other two roles? Well, I think a lot of time has passed. So I think the evolution of sort of marketing, especially in hospitality, has mm-hmm. has ebbed and flowed a little bit. You know, I, Ace is a great example. When I joined Ace, it was the height of COVID. Ace was always known as this brand that was very, you know, avant-garde for programming. They were really, you know, again, that 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 company that brought people into the lobby to experience Ace. They had a really strong culture on who they who they are and and really who they were and how they carried that through their expansion. And then I joined and obviously COVID happened and there was no programming in our lobbies. And Ace, who had really never been a digital first company, had to shift the mindset of how do you still have that cool company kind of perspective and how do you still have that unique offering to attract customers, but how do you do it in a digital way? And I think, you know, that even into AutoCamp, when I joined AutoCamp, very little was spent on the digital side. You know, we were really, again, we, we really benefited from, and we still do today from really loyal customers who really, really love our experience. You know, we have so many guest testimonials that say, I came and stayed with you in Yosemite. I wasn't planning to travel anywhere else, but I saw you had a location in Joshua Tree. So I decided, why not? I'm going to go check out Joshua Tree National Park and and go to auto camp. So, you know, the experience, the guests, the experience really resonates with the guests. And so I would say, you know, different in this role is, again, the focus on digital, it's definitely increased. It's increased for everybody. um, But how do you still stand out? Mm -hmm. Um, How do you, how do you still, how are you still relevant? I would say awareness is still a huge part of my role, especially as we grow grow outside of California. 
you know, when you ask people on the West Coast, a lot of people know AutoCamp. I mean, we're not a household name like a Marriott, but a lot of people, especially if they're looking for that outdoor experience, they know AutoCamp. On the East Coast, it's a totally different challenge. So really trying to continue to balance, you know, growing the brand. But, you know, at the end of the day, we also have to achieve numbers and, and hit our revenue goals. So how do you balance awareness marketing with, you know, our conversion marketing? At the same time, too, how do you continue to build a brand? So I would say, you know, there's some similarities, of course, you know, again, all hospitality brands, but this role, I would mm-hmm. say right now, it's a unique challenge of, you know, on one side of the country, we're really focused on continuing awareness. We just last this last month, we've had a campaign running in New York City and subways and really just again, getting people to think about how do you get outside of the subway tunnel and get outside into the Catskills? Whereas in Yosemite, we're doing great programming of, you know, having chefs come cook over campfires. But I think the common thing with all of them is, is you know, how do you create this really unique experience that people want to come back for? And it's mm-hmm. it can't just be the airstream. You know, it can't just be a cool airstream. It has to be how you're yeah. connecting the dots, how you're striking this emotional cord with the guests so that they really if they did go to Yosemite National Park, they when they come back and maybe they bring their grandkids or their kids, you know, it's because they had this really amazing connection with the AutoCamp product. As you reflect on the 10 years, I mean, you've had a pretty amazing 10 years. And from everything I see, the growth rate and the strength of the brand, the numbers all very strong. What's the one major lesson for our listeners who would love to have an initiative that has the resonance and growth of yours in a quick 10 years, what would be the major lesson? Patience. Auto camp is different than, you know, a traditional brick and mortar in the sense, whether you're upcycling and existing or, you know, building from ground up, it's typically a quicker life cycle. Auto camp, you know, in many cases, there's an entitlement process. We're preserving the land. I mean, it's a huge focus for our company is, is preserving the land that we're on to the extent that we can, you know, and then I, I think similar to, I think a lot of brands right now, you know, we've had these intentions of, of hyper growth and we still do. We've got four opening in the next, you know, 12 to 18 months. But how do you like take something like you have with auto camp on the West coast that's been gangbusters and how do you have the patience to really grow the right customer as we scale? And like I said, you know, it's, it's testing. A lot of it still is, is testing and having the patience. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you'll run a campaign and you'll see amazing success out of the gate. And you're like, great, this can run forever. And having the wherewithal to kind of go back and say, you know what, maybe it's, it's not going as well and, and being able to be nimble and switch. So I guess maybe it's, it's patience coupled with being nimble. And I think when you're in that startup environment, you know, we always use the word at graduate of, of scrappy. And initially, I never loved that word because you just want to think of yourself as like a sophisticated marketer, you know, but I think scrappy is something that is in the startup world, super important. And, you know, we're obviously 10 years in, so I don't necessarily see ourselves as a startup anymore, but, you know, being nimble to adjust to all the varying degrees of a changing environment, both physically and then obviously a, a, you know, business environment as well. I want to talk about your career path for a bit before moving into the creative brief. You studied French language and literature at Penn State and shortly after earned a master's in art history at Christie's in education, their art institute. What was your dream back then for your career? Or did you just pursue things you loved? Man, (laughs) 
Well, a little of both. So from a very little age, I actually found something recently that, you know, I think it was in fifth or sixth grade that said, like, what do you want to do when you grow up? And it was, I want to be a lawyer. My dad was a sports agent, did not have a law background, was sort of a, I guess, Jerry Maguire of sorts, kind of just was very entrepreneurial, mm-hmm. started his career and had this amazing career. And I always thought, gosh, I, whether I want to be a sports attorney or not, I really want to be an attorney. And so at Penn State, I actually very focused on, on English and French. I studied abroad in Paris, fell in love with the arts and, you know, came back in my senior year and sort of realized like, I'm not sure I want to be an attorney. Um, but I, you know, as a lot of people do, when you say you want to do something and you set out to do something, gosh, darn it, you're going to do it. So I, actually took a job as a paralegal at a law firm right out of college and quickly learned that it just wasn't for me. And I have so many friends that are attorneys and actually they're amazing people to have as friends in your life. But, you know, I, I really just followed my passion, which was was the art. So I went back and as you said, I, I got my master's in art history. I interned at Christie's. I came back and worked at Sotheby's. I while I was writing my thesis, I was in the basement of the Art Institute working on research, which is now part of the Modern Wing, which opened many years ago as um, kind of the second installation at the Art Institute. And I loved, absolutely loved my time there. And I think my fascination for marketing grew out of my time at Sotheby's. I think it first actually started with the catalog. It's like beautiful as these catalogs that Sotheby's and Christie's put out of these amazing collections and this look into people's home of these estates they were selling. And, you know, I I had the opportunity to work in the Chicago office, which wasn't the auction house. We were really kind of a, a business office for people that were buying and selling art. And I just... I fell in love with with marketing. I um, I loved working with customers. I loved being able to put on different programming when we had exhibitions coming through. And then I, I realized I, I wasn't leaving Chicago and I kind of grew my career from there. Um, and I've been fortunate to work for some really amazing brands. I, you know, I think when I look back, I really feel very fulfilled even today with all the different brands I've been able to work for and all the people I've worked with. Hey, one question I want to round back to that we talked about earlier in the show. You joined AutoCamp. You now have two brands. So what is the thinking behind that? I mean, what could we learn from your thought process at this young company to say there's opportunity for a second brand? And that's a big decision, right? You probably could have done an AutoCamp line extension, but you, you chose a whole new equity, a whole new name, a whole new brand. So walk us through the thinking behind that, what we can learn from it. Yeah, so Field Station, our newest brand, um, we opened our first location this year in Moab, Utah, so not too far from Zion, which has actually been incredible um, to have them mm-hmm. far enough but close enough in proximity to to you know leverage both brands there. But I, we realized that there was enough of a different customer. You know, I think again, I, I think I reference Auto Camp. We always say outdoor curious, adventure, more adventure light during COVID, and actually probably even before COVID, and then during COVID. You know, we realized that. AutoCamp had sort of developed this, you know, cult following for, I guess, lack of better terminology, some really, really loyal customers that, you know, had come to us in our early days, stayed with us in Russian River, you know, continued to stay at all of our new locations. And as we grew, like most brands do, the demand increases and prices increase. And that's just unfortunately a reality. And so, you know, for people that were traveling that maybe couldn't travel during the week where prices, you know, were a little bit more 
attainable, they wanted to come on the weekends. And, you know, in some cases, some of our customers got got priced out of it, of AutoCamp. And so through surveys, you know, we had a lot of customers say like, hey, have you thought about lowering your prices? Hey, have you thought about another brand that maybe, you know, caters to a lower price point? So that was sort of the first kind of hypothesis. And then we realized, you know, we also had a customer that wanted more than that adventure light that that was really outdoor focused that that wanted to get out there at you know all varying levels maybe a customer that was taking their first mountain biking trip maybe a customer that was coming back for their 100th trip in in Moab but somebody that was definitely more adventure focused so we started to look around like you said you know there could have been an autocamp 2.0 there could have been an autocamp light there could have been ways in which we took that idea of like an airstream and and clubhouse and and grew that what we started to see in these more adventure focused locations that there was a tremendous opportunity to upcycle existing motels and hotels. And that was actually a very core principle at, at graduate was this idea of taking existing properties that fell out of love at one point and really bringing them back to life for the community. And so we found our first location in Moab, Utah, which is a mecca for the outdoors. I mean, if you haven't been to Moab, I highly encourage it. It's a really special town. And we decided, you know what? Field Station is going to really be centered on, again, this idea of staying out there. We're going to be a place for the outdoor enthusiasts to you know, come. They can park their bike in their room. We've got bike racks in the room. We've got... In, Many of our rooms portal ledges, which are if you if you rock climb, it's a way that you can sleep. We've got, you know, kind of all the components of what you'd want to find in a more adventure focused trip. So when you walk into our lobby, we've got retail, our we've got an incredible retail team that has stocked our lobby with all of the essentials, the aspirational items you'd like to have that you'd like to pick up during your trip. We've got a adventure desk all the things you'd like to do while you're out in Moab and actually our newest locations um, in Joshua Tree that'll open later this year. But the idea really was is that we we realized there's a different customer. Um, and first and foremost, we want to give our, not only do we want to attract a new customer, but those those fans of AutoCamp that maybe can't afford to stay at AutoCamp anymore, we want to give them um, the opportunity to experience, you know, a similar brand at a more accessible price point. So, Field Station is is definitely priced lower than Auto Camp. You know, we get a lot of people that are coming that, again, are in Moab specifically, are there to really experience the outdoors and can do it in a more affordable way. Let's move to the creator brief. And my first question is: You mentioned this earlier. Your favorite adventure is racing and running the Chicago Lakefront Trail. Why, why is that? Of all the things you do and love to do, why is that your favorite? I would not call myself a, a serious marathon runner. I've run a few marathons and a few races. But I would say one of my, my favorite thing to do is just kind of get lost on the lake. And, you know, I can think of all the amazing, you know, I actually, when people ask me at auto camp, like, what's your favorite hike? What's your favorite, you know, mountain bike excursion? And mm-hmm. I always point back to a walk on the lake path in Chicago. I think for me, it is nostalgic. It reminds me of of growing up in Chicago and, and you know having that city life. Um, but I think it's again a place that um, I can really kind of decompress. I think there's, gosh, there's just something about being on the lake and watching all these amazing you know people, whether they're runners, walkers, you know, 
tourists, locals just kind of congregate and experience something that feels like so unique to a city. I, I don't know how to explain it other than it's just it's something mm-hmm. that's like feels great. Yeah, it makes sense. What's the first brand you remember making an impact on you? Well, I I have to say for me it's Nike. You know, growing up in Chicago where Michael Jordan was, you know, the Bulls were were a big thing when I was in my late elementary years and Nike was really kind of mm-hmm. becoming a huge thing. To then, you know, to, I have a love for tennis and grew up playing tennis to then switching over and you know, seeing amazing um, women like Monica Sellis. And I had this love with the rivalry between Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi. And so yeah. Nike just like, there's something about Nike that always makes you feel it's funny. I was in college and I don't know if you ever saw that movie, What Women Want. Mm-hmm. And it's an ad agency working on a Nike campaign. And they're they're very much like getting inside a female's head. And, and it's all about kind of how the Nike product makes you feel. And I think that that's always been such an incredible gift of Nike, uh, really getting inside whether you're, you are an athlete or just an everyday athlete, you know, and, you know, how the product makes you feel. I don't actually... I am a, you know, a diehard Nike fan, but I've, you know, as so many other brands have, you know, come into the space, I've definitely, um, you know, tried others like Hoka and Adidas and and others. But I think, again, what Nike does so well is it really evokes this feeling that makes you want to keep coming back. What's the best part of working and living in Santa Barbara? Santa Barbara, sometimes we say is like a dream. You know, you can five minutes walk to the beach and have this awesome beach experience and five minutes, you know, car drive, you can go to a trailhead and have one of the most amazing hikes. The weather's pretty incredible. It's an incredible place to raise children. You know, again, I think going back to that philosophy of spending time outside, you know, we really try to mm-hmm. get outside with our kids and it's a pretty magical place. I never in a million years when I visited on vacation thought I would live there. And I feel it's just, again, it's a special place to be. Who has been the most influential mentor in your career in business? It's a tough question because I don't have just one. I'm sure you get that quite a bit. You know, I look at how I was brought up and I mentioned my dad and the Mm -hmm. influence of sports on my life. You know, my dad was a self-starter entrepreneur and was on the road the majority of my childhood just trying to make a name for himself and was just... Incredibly, incredible to see what he did with his career and major, major admiration for what my mom did for our household. I was the oldest of four girls, which is um, mm. not an easy job. And, you know, she raised all of us to be these really independent, spirited, four, you know, very different women today. So I look at both of my parents and I just have such such admiration for what they're doing, especially now that I'm in their place, trying to work and, and raise a family. But I would say today, you know, I've, I've had some amazing, you know, bosses and mentors in my life. I have to say surrounding myself with some really amazing women has been what keeps me, I would say what keeps me motivated, keeps me inspired. You know, I've got friends that are entrepreneurs and lawyers and oncologists and, I mean, you name it, I've got so many amazing women who have have just inspired me to want to be, um, you know, continue in my career and figure out how to really, again, we talked about balance at the beginning, figure out how to strike a balance between a healthy relationship with work and a healthy relationship at home. And I look to them as my inspiration. I think, you know, even 
I get my best out of people that actually are not in hospitality. I think, you know, you are inspired most by people that don't live and breathe necessarily the same thing you do every day. So, you know, calling up a friend who, you know, is an interior designer and even like talking through like the navigation of space in a lobby is always like such a fun one. So not, I, I don't have one that I can just say, but definitely my family has been a huge, huge part of my, my career. This has been a wonderful conversation. Oh, thanks, Jim. This has been great. And I think we should at some point meet in real time. I think so too. Either in Happy Valley, wouldn't that be fun? That'd be so fun. I would or, love to Or that. at one of your sites. And and we we started this podcast with talking about a little mini series at, at an auto camp or a series of auto camps. I think it's a cool idea. So I would love to have you. Let's keep that conversation alive. And I, I am committing to come to one of your sites in the next year for a holiday. And I will I will follow through on that because we love the outdoors. We love everything you've talked about over the last hour. I definitely will do that. And I'll work with you on where we should go first. Absolutely. We'd love to have you, the whole family. It sounds like we've got some other people in your family, not just you and your wife, that we could we could entertain too. So we'd love it. We would love that too. You know, I, my wife and I have six weddings between now and early November. Oh my gosh. So and and three are family. So and wow. one's our daughter. Wow. So we have a lot going on, a lot to celebrate. So I think AutoCamp should have a role in this. We would love that. Well, just let us know. Julie, thank you so much. Thanks, Jim. I appreciate the time. That was my conversation with Julie Saunders. Three takeaways from this one for your business brand and life. The first one: customer feedback around a campfire. She goes to her AutoCamp location, sits around the fire with customers, with guests, and learns a lot about the experience and about how to lead the marketing at this amazing company. The lesson for you is what's your campfire? When you're around a campfire, you get really great feedback. What's the setting for you to get to know your customers and are you thinking deeply enough about that? Second takeaway, self-awareness as a trait in a leader. Julie is an amazingly self-aware leader and she acts on it. Her whole decision to study French literature and then the arts her whole discovery of marketing as a career that would really, really be a great fit for her. Her move to Santa Barbara for reasons in her life that led for led her to the job at AutoCamp. She is self-aware and she acts on it. Great leadership lesson. Third takeaway, when to have two brands versus one. AutoCamp is still a young company. They decided in their first 10 years that it was time to have a second brand. I questioned Julie about that and the answer was, different customers, different customer experience, different price point. And this was a way to, to appeal to more customers who had very different needs and desires. It was a great lesson in when two brands make sense versus one. That's it for this episode of the CMO Podcast. If you found this helpful and entertaining, I would be so grateful if you could share our show with your friends. And I would be super happy if you subscribed so you can be updated as we publish new episodes. And if you really want to help, Leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.